Hello, Rake Rats. Hope you are all doing well. Welcome to another session of uh, Rink Rat, the rink.com podcast. I'm your host, Andy Campbell, and we are here today uh, very urgently to discuss something that happened two hours ago. This is season five, episode six of uh, the Rinkcast, the Chicago Rinkcast. Um, as I mentioned, I'm your host, Andy Campbell. I am here with the usual suspects. I am here with Eric Andrews. Sean Fitzgerald, the Hello. Bard, the Bard, and welcome back, Ray Napientek, who we haven't seen in a while, and we're so glad that he's back and uh, with us again today. Before we begin, a shout out to our sponsors, uh, www.puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y.com, use discount code THERINK, all in caps, if you want 10% off of some really good hockey swag. And if you spend $100, hey, you even get a free T-shirt. And uh, we like free stuff around here, that's for sure. So anyway, I ran through the intros, but we want to get to it right away. We are going to start with Ray as soon as we can because we've all missed him so much. What has happened is Jeremy Colleton has been removed as the head coach of the Chicago Blackhawks. A lot of fans think, hey, long-awaited move. Uh, a lot of people have wanted this for two, three games in. And uh, alas, here we are. Wow. So much has happened in the last few weeks in Blackhawk hockey. And here we have something going on with the on ice product. Ray, how are we feeling about this today, buddy? Welcome back. Good to see you. Thanks for having me. It's good to be back. Uh, Boy, I I couldn't be better timing, right? I saw it was what, three days uh, or three years to the the day he was hired. Uh, Seems like, uh, you know, he was Stan's got it. You know, hey, he came into a tough situation. I mean, he was following Q had won three Stanley Cups and Uh, You know, the on ice product was, you know, something that, you know, I thought JC was going to have a real hard time following up. And, you know, I mean, it kind of uh, looked like uh, they were quitting on him here a little bit the last couple of games, maybe the last few periods where you could kind of see maybe they're shutting him out a little bit. I always thought maybe some of the veterans would always do that. Um, Having a a younger coach and something along those lines, obviously not being in the in the locker room, as we know, but um, you could see guys faces, you could see guys you know, body language, stuff along those lines. And it's about time. Uh, I think, uh, you know, Jeremy's going to probably catch on somewhere, be a successful coach somewhere. I don't think he'll be in the National Hockey League. Maybe he comes an assistant coach. Um, you know, I'm sure we'll, obviously we're going to talk about who's taking over, but it's about time. You know, that start was horrible. Um, it's a legendary, <laughs> horribly start. Uh, and, I mean, that's something that it was probably a couple games in the making. But, you know, with everything that was going on off the ice, Bad start. Everything that new GM let him get his uh, feet under him a little bit. This was the right move at the right time. Yeah, good call. Good call. Thank you very much, Ray. We're going to shift now to Eric Andrews, who just pointed out that um, I spelled Jeremy Carlton's name wrong on the ticker, and it shows you what I think of Jeremy. Sorry, Jeremy. It's a tough day for you as is. Spelled your name wrong. Thank you for pointing that out. It's correct now. Eric Andrews, how are you feeling about the move today? Uh, well, first of all, I mean, I just had to fulfill my editing duties, of course, but, um, no, I mean, it's, it's great. I mean, I've never been a Colleton guy. I mean, like, like Ray said, I I think that he was kind of set up to fail from day one and, 
here we are three days or three years to the day later, like Ray said, and I don't know that anyone can necessarily be surprised with the result. And I don't know. I mean, yeah, it's, it's in a way, I'm actually a little surprised that this happened when it did. Um, I'm glad that it did happen because I do think that this was something that needed to happen for them to actually move forward. Um, you know, but in light of Stan Bowman being gone, um, I did not think that Colleton would be let go at all during the season. I figured that would probably be an off season move. So it kind of caught me by surprise a little bit, honestly, but yeah, definitely. Um, I'm happy to hear it. I mean, I'm sure Jeremy is a, a great guy, but he's not a great coach. So, um, you know, this is a, this is a winning business and he has not done very much of that. So I think it was certainly time to, to move on. Yep. Agreed. Agreed. The Bard. Welcome back, buddy. Good to see you. Happy Saturday to you. Happy Saturday. And, um, what are, what are we thinking? What are we feeling? Your initial reactions on, uh, JC getting shot. Yeah, I mean, going back to the preseason, I, I, I thought a lot about their success was going to be whether or not there was going to be some sort of a defensive system um, evolving um, from Jeremy Colleton, and clearly that hasn't happened. So um, it's really, really not a surprise. I mean, when he was hired, I mean, I know a lot of people thought he had a lot of upside and future, you know, star head coach. You know, we heard all of that. Um, but I also think that, you know, thanks to Bowman, he was also dealt a hand of a team that was that was fading. That wasn't what it was, you know, in 2015. This was a team that was on the decline that needed to rebuild. I mean, I still stand by what I had said in back in 2017 that they should have traded Kane tapes, wipe the slate clean, start all over again, maximize their value. Um, he was basically handed a team that was almost a half-ass rebuild um it was you know a couple of young players here a couple of young a couple of older players so i just think that he wasn't dealt a good hand and i'm not defending colleton because i think you know he was a lousy head coach as we saw once he got you know some legit talent this year um but it, it was time to go i mean he, his defensive system is completely non-existent there's a lot more talent than what the record shows this year so I, I wanted to give him a chance and I thought I did, you know, I saw some moments where the team played well. Um, you know, you saw some forechecking, some effort, et cetera, and some team that was competitive a lot of the last couple of years, but then it just kind of fell off a cliff this year. Um, so yeah, it's not a surprise at all, even with everything else that's transpired all in the um, off the ice, but you know, now the slate is clean and now there's going to be a new GM. New GM is going to hire the new coach. So I, I think it's it's a good way to go. Yep. Agreed. Shawnee, first of all, um, well, I, I rolled through my intros with haste and didn't give any of my colleagues an opportunity to even say hello, which is sacrilege in one sense. The reason it is borderline offensive is I did not give Shawnee a chance to comment on his hat game, which is absolutely incredible. I tried to upstage him today. First of all, Sean, the hat. And then your thoughts on Colleton. Thank you. I will compliment you on your <laughs> Chicago City collection Cubs hat. I uh, meant to say that. It's you. very nice. You, I, did, I did not get one either. Uh, they were all gone by the time I tried to get one. So very disappointed in myself. Uh, my hat is the 2015 home, uh, home Run Derby hat for uh, the Cubs. Uh, it was in San Diego. So it's a San Diego Padres type theme, yellow brim, 
Padres colors with the Cubs logo on it. So I really enjoyed it. I actually found it after the parade celebrating the World Series at a Clark Street Sports in Wrigleyville. Don't ask how much I paid for it. It wow. was way too much money. Yeah. Now, your your choice of hat today, does that have any significant meaning based on what you heard about Jeremy Colleton today? It does, actually, because <laughs> um, the hat choice back then, the, the Cubs were hopeful, and there was hope on the horizon. With Jeremy Colleton out, I think the Blackhawks can be hopeful for something better on the horizon. Mm-hmm. Um, Jeremy Colleton, like everyone said, was set up to fail. Um Unfortunately, I wrote an article right before the off the ice stuff came out, kind of detailing how they basically inflated his numbers at Rockford to make him look like a better coach than he actually was. So when we he came to the NHL, there was so much expectations on him. Um, the veteran players didn't accept him. I mean, Brent Seabrook, I think Andy said it in a prior podcast that Brent Seabrook was very vocal about being a healthy scratch under Jeremy Colleton. And it just... It didn't work out. Eric posted in his article today, um, he was 87, 92, and 26 in the three years that he was head coach. He has, a, so put it all together, he has, he has a significant losing record, no defensive system to come away with. Um, his lineup choices, um, I think also his arrogance. He was so arrogant. Yeah, in yeah. If he didn't like a player, they were done, and that was it, and that was his arrogance. And I think the the signal that the players had started tuning him out is when Jonathan Taves basically drew up a power play play, took the clipboard from Colton, and they drew it up. They didn't succeed, but they drew it up. Generally, the coach or the assistant coach or somebody else is doing that. He tried yeah. to play it off, but – um, I think the move was the right move. Um, they couldn't let him ride this out just because of what happened last night. Like many of you said, they quit on him last night. Like it was, it was abundantly clear to everyone watching the game or following on a Twitter, the Blackhawks just quit. And if there's going to be any hope for the future, you got to change the narrative with the organization. And the, the narrative is just bad all around on the ice, off the ice, start, so start changing it and Carlton yeah. being let go was the right move. Yeah. I think it, it, it's, it's so interesting uh, Shawnee, what you just said about, you know, kind of uh, his arrogance or uh, almost defiance in that sense, you know, when, when he was in press conferences and almost condescending mm-hmm. um, toward, towards his players um, and towards, towards the guys that he's trying to inspire the most. And uh, I mean, let's, let's face it. This has been a very uninspired on ice hockey team this year. I don't think there's any debate about that whatsoever. Uh, Certainly there could be a lot of factors in that considering uh, the state of the organization and everything that's going on. But, but the bottom line is, I mean, I, you know, and and to turn on the, uh, the tube last night and to just watch them surrender two quick goals and right away. And it's, Oh, here we go again. And it's just these defensive breakdowns in the neutral zone and and the perimeter play. I mean, it's just, you know, we, we, we've talked about how, people have referred to this system that Colleton has as if he's some sort of mythical figure with this unbelievable coaching pedigree, which he really just doesn't have. And, and like I said, it doesn't make him a bad person or anything, but I mean, I, I, I think that, you know, he was almost, he was set up to fail. He was, you know, somewhat put on a pedestal in that sense. And um, I, I think a necessary move and, you know, maybe if he was put in a losing situation, 
Kyle Davidson, you know, new GM, maybe a, a, a pretty easy move as your first uh, first move as general manager is to uh, get rid of uh, get rid of the coach who's been struggling so much. So I think you, I think you knew the end was happening yesterday. I don't know if anybody caught the post game, um, but they were literally breaking down the outfits that the uh, broadcasters were wearing. And it just became, and then Pat Boyle threw it to commercial and said, we'll be back to wrap up this fiasco. Yeah. I mean, there's <laughs> it was bad. Well, Look. it's just, there's nothing to talk about anymore. Well, I mean, exactly. it's, it, it's just so, it's so glaring and so obvious. And I mean, the, you know, the, the, the organization in general is in a really needs to repair so many things. Um, and I mean, the, the firing of the head coach doesn't even scratch the surface, but at the same point, you know, I mean, it is a business. They need to make money. And, uh, and you know, people people are generally disinterested. And um, 16,000 so, people, I think, was the last home game. Right. And yep. that and that, I mean, 100 level seats empty on television. Um, I think somebody I want to give Ray credit for this. I think he pointed out in the chat that Colleton said that these players don't know how to win. Yeah. Or, that and, was, and I right. think that what like I Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves have won three Stanley Cups. Well, like, what does Tyler Johnson think of that comment? Right. Tyler Johnson just won the Stanley Cup last <laughs> yeah, like, year. And Jeremy Collins has well, two. It's, <laughs> it's not right. two, sorry. It's not won anything in, at any level right. of NHL, AHL hockey. Maybe he won over in Sweden, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't imagine Flurry enjoys hearing things like that either. I mean, it's certainly not. You know, it's so, yeah, I mean, I, it, it, it was time is definitely time. And, and, you know, it's, I'm glad they're accountable for that coach and, you know, at least accountable for that. Um, so with that in mind, Derek King, interim head coach, Derek King, uh, Derek King had an awesome playing career, New York Islanders. He was tough. He played hard. Um, he was a, the guy who would go into corners, um, you know, win pucks. Uh, he was that kind of player. He has a very good, a pretty solid coaching resume. I mean, he has been coaching for 20 years um, in the AHL uh, as a head coach now for Rockford. What are we thinking about Derek King slotting in as interim? And it does sound, you know, it, uh, you know, based on the press release that what Kyle Davidson was saying that this might be, a, this is a true interim is what it seems like. But uh, uh, let's go to Bard real quick on this one. What are you, what are you thinking about Derek King? Start with the resident Long Islander who uh, watched Derek King for many, many years. So there you go. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you said it all right about Derek King. I mean, he really was a grinder. He's a top six winger, actually. He was a 40 goal scorer, but he played hard. He was a leader on those teams. If you remember the Turgeon Ferraro um, led teams that um, had some success in the 90s. Um, I, he, he was a good player and, you know, he, he has some experience as a coach. I don't think unless they win the Stanley Cup or they make a significant run, um, you know, turning this thing around, uh, then I think he is really the interim coach, as the statement says. Um, but quite frankly, I'm not a fan of keeping interim coaches. I know we've seen it recently in the NHL, but right. I think those are those are outliers. But, you know, you tend to keep interim coaches and then next year it kind of just falls off. You get that instant um, spark, I guess, right away. And, and maybe extends for, you know, a good portion of, of the season. Um, but yeah, this is not something that I see as a, as a long-term answer. Um, quite frankly, I just think it's, you know, maybe the new GM will, will think that way, but I, I just don't see it. 
Ray, you have similar thoughts on Derek King and interim role. Will this be pretty brief? What do you think? Yeah, I think it's always tough when you got that interim tag. I mean, if they just play completely lights out, I mean, those things change. But I want to see the compete level in the team. Um, yeah. You know, like Bart said, you know, you're going to get three, four games where it's just, hey, it's a new voice. It's a new thing. It's, it, you know, the players and, and it's like this in any sport, your players kind of take on what the coach is about. Um, and yeah. you know, Jeremy was kind of a laid back guy and, and really didn't kind of get after it, it seemed like. And teams started to lose. If they ever had respect, they kind of lost, you know, <laughs> what what he was trying to do. Uh, yeah. You know, so, you know, their king comes in, you're going to have that three, four games. I want to see what it is at an extended time because there's too much talent on this team to be one, nine and two. They're not yes. in the playoffs. Yes. Uh, you know, we wrote about that early in the season. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it just seemed like a 90 point team, maybe. Um, you know, now they're, you know, that's a, a distant memory unless they completely, you know, take off here for a little while. But just to see that compete level, just to see what that talent, can they play 500 hockey for a 10, 20 game span? Maybe play a little bit better along those lines. But I think overall, it's going to be an interim tag. It's a good thing for a brand new GM to. Kind of say, listen, one nine two is not acceptable. Anybody can get rid of Jeremy, as a you know, as an as a as a general manager. And I bring in Derek. Let's see what Derek does. If he's not it, I could always go to the next guy. Am I going to be it as an GM? You know, the organization you know above the general right. manager could then bring in bring in guys. So, uh, but the compete level, I think, will really tell a ton over the next 10, 20 games. To you know, to say, hey, did they really tune out Jeremy? We know they're not talented enough to make the playoffs, but they're not one nine and two. Um, so right. there's got to yeah. be somewhere in the middle there. Yeah, one I think it's awesome. I'm sorry. Go ahead. Go ahead, Bart. Uh, I was just going to say one thing I want to add that uh, I forgot to mention that I thought was interesting, and I'm curious to hear everybody's opinion on this, is that we talked about this in previous podcasts, is that we all thought that there was a good chance that Mark Crawford was going to be named the interim head right. coach, and he yeah. was – you know, he's still employed. The other two assistant coaches got, got fired along with Colleton. So, you know, it's interesting that, that Crawford did not get the, the interim coaching job. And I think, you know, Ray, as you said, this really is a new voice, you know, Crawford, they know, mm. but, and I know Crawford, the head coach could be different than Crawford, the assistant coach, but now right. you really have a new voice. Yeah. And I think you, you brought that up, Bardo. I think on one of our, uh, one of our podcasts is almost saying that, you know, kind of, or it was Bardo and Shawnee saying, you know, or maybe it was Eric, probably all of you guys. It was actually Eric. <laughs> At any rate, Eric, I'll let you, uh, I, I will give you Eric full credit saying, if you put Crawford in there, it's just having another Colleton and having the same voice. So now you got someone totally new. Um, so I think that's an excellent point. And Eric, what are your thoughts on this, uh, on Derek King coming in in general? I mean, do you like this move for the time being? It'll probably be quick. All signs are pointing to that, but what are your thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I think, and, you know, we kind of unpacked it on the last, or on that episode when we talked about it and just right now, but what I was meaning with that original comment was that, you know, obviously if Crawford was the interim, he's going to implement different things, but whether or not they, the players perceive that to be different or not, who knows, um, you know, so I think that probably did factor into this decision of going with, with King instead of Crawford. Um in terms of King, I mean, I do think that he truly is just an interim. I mean, unless he just blows the doors off and they completely turn this thing around and make the playoffs and make a run. But I don't see why he would be that permanent guy, um, especially given that the release seems pretty clear that that's not the case. Right. So, yeah, I mean, I think it, it in a way makes sense um, that, 
they chose him because he does have that reputation and connection with some of the younger players. Um, you know, and of course, having been a successful NHL player, I think that was somewhat resonate with guys like Kane and Taves and Flurry and Johnson and, you know, guys like that rather than Jeremy Colleton, who had a cup of coffee, you know, for a few seasons and didn't really do a darn thing in his career. So, you know, at least I think that those veteran players, um, you know, can at least respect what Derek King has done, you know, both on and off the ice. Um, So, yeah, I mean, I think it it makes sense, um, especially if you're not having him be the long-term answer, which, like I said, I don't think that he is. Um, Where they end up going, I don't know. You know, I don't know if they, again, try to do something innovative like they were trying to do with Colleton. I don't know if they go with a, you know, a, a recycled coach, so to speak. Um, I don't know. But, yeah, I mean, it, it surprised me a little bit, you know, that they didn't go with Crawford just because I think that is kind of the safer play, so to speak, and that's what a lot of people thought would happen. But, yeah, Derek King being the guy didn't really – surprised me too too much i mean i think everyone figured it was going to be one of those two guys you know it wasn't going to be anybody else um you weren't going to have it be mattel or brookbank obviously you know they're they're gone they're gone Um, too yeah but yeah and there's no one else really in the organization that would be an adequate answer for that question so yeah i don't know i mean it'll be interesting to see um you know like what you guys were saying you know can he truly motivate and inspire these guys to play competent hockey the rest of the season we'll see um you know will regardless of how effective he may or may not be is it going to be good enough to get them into the playoffs probably not at this point i mean they've got uh what 70 games left and they probably need to put up at least 90 92 more points on top of the amazing four that they already have Right. Um, yeah, I think Ray, so, you had you had the stats on this one, Ray. I think I saw you tweet this out, or at least 40, say it in our group. What 40, do you got? Forty-five and twenty-six gets them to ninety-four, and that may not even get them in. So forty. To, so yeah. Yeah, overtime losses. I mean, I, you know, I'm not right. You know, it's not an exact. Right. Forty-five and twenty-six gets them to oh, ninety-four. Yeah, that's a lot to ask this group. Um, not happening. No, that's no good. Shawnee, <clears throat> Derek King. How long will it be? What do you think? Thoughts so, on it? Do you like the move? So I so I was originally um, in favor of Mark Crawford taking over, but while everyone was speaking and what Eric and the Bard said last uh, podcast where we d- talked about uh, hockey, I think Derek King brings something in addition to being like a veteran coach and a hard player. He hasn't been in Chicago like he's not involved in any of the media storm that was going on any of he wasn't a part of Colleton staff none of right. that he's completely insulated outside of all of that so i think that is something it's like a breath of fresh air coming in yeah um so i think that's a big thing um in why they went with Derek King i think also Derek King's probably the interim head coach until either Kyle Davidson gets the interim tag removed off of him or they bring somebody else in. Like, I think Derek King's decision is contingent on if Kyle Davidson is named the GM, if Kyle Davidson's named the GM, then he could ride out Derek King for the rest of the season and then start over. 
if they bring somebody else in to take over as president and GM and Kyle Davidson is moved to another role or something like that, then it's completely changed over. And then you've got to figure out the direction of the organization. So yep. I'm thinking it's <clears throat> Derek King is just the, the short-term answer. I think even if they make the playoffs, I don't think he's retained as the head coach just because if there's a new GM, he's going to want to bring in his guy. He's going to want to bring in his own coaching staff. He's going to want his own philosophy on the organization. Um, and he's going to want to choose everything. Um, I, to use a um, analogy from another sport, I think Bill Parcells said, if I'm going to be the cook, let me pick the ingredients. I think Bill Parcells said something like that. That's why he wa- always wanted to be GM and coach. So I think um, I think uh, Derek King will ride out this season, and then yep. they'll yep. go with somebody else. Gotcha. Sounds good. Eric, you got one more plug in there? Yeah, I think – Something to also think about, you know, with why Derek King, Mark Crawford, um, let you know, let's consider what the Blackhawks are going through right now, and let's oh, yeah. also consider yep. a history. that Mark Crawford has had yep. mm-hmm. has had some right. issues in the past. So there's no way that oh, they were going to sure. put someone someone with that history no. in that spot. No, Maybe they the op- finally consulted a PR firm. Yeah, the optics of that would just be ludicrous. Yeah, um, that's that's for sure. So that that makes total sense, and that's definitely a valid point. You know, I don't with the Derek King thing. I, the other part of it is I don't know how many guys played under him in Rockford that are currently on the Blackhawks roster. It's not that many. I mean, the only regular that Derek King probably had was Brandon Hagel at one point. You know, a, a couple seasons ago, but then if you look up and down the roster, you know, um, you know, Mac, you know, Entwistle, you know, has played for him as a regular. But then that's pretty much about it. Yeah, um, Kirby, as far as having regular time, a little bit Wyatt Kalanick, a little bit of time. You Kirby know, Shiva started down there for a couple of games. Yeah, Kurashev, you know, a little bit. But then other than that, you know, Lankinen. Um, but other than that, that's pretty much it. Hardman, but. You know, so that it's not like this laundry list of guys that have played for King and that, you know, this is like the next phase of their careers with Derek King around. So I, I definitely agree with all that, that this is not a permanent fixture. Well, I think does... even, even with that too, though, I mean, just, I think there's kind of that mindset that Derek King is kind of, at least in terms of this organization has been more of a developmental coach. Yep. Whereas I think Mark Crawford you know, it's kind of more of a get this thing back on track. We got to win now type of sure. thing. Sure. So, you know, that also encourages me in the fact that, you know, this is a, a type of coach in his role that is still going to be focusing more, more so at least on those younger players continuing their development. Cause I think, especially at this point in this season, that's kind of what the focus needs to be. Because yeah. Ray's a Sox fan that I just found out the other day, he's the Derek King is the Ricky Renter. Just found that out. Of Co- I, <laughs> I, I just, just found that out. Well, I just kind of paid attention to it, maybe. Um, he's the well, Ricky Renter. Cubs hat on. You're both going to miss the playoffs. Oh. oh. He's the, but but uh, but I agree with I agree with what uh, Eric said. Yeah, like development is now the the most important thing, and Derek King. Coach Kurashev and how Kurashev's in the NHL, so that he's he's developed a couple right. guys that have made it to sure. the NHL. Yeah, I mean, I I would I'd, I'd put me chips on the Hawks tomorrow night. I know that much. I mean, usually, you know, we've all seen the 
the removal of a coach and then the team comes out firing on all cylinders. And I really Ray, to Ray's point, as much as I hate giving him credit, this team is not 12 games and four points. They're not this bad. Um, well, actually they are because it's documented, but the point being is that, I mean, I just, it, it is, it is striking how dismal they've been um, under college and how unorganized and, and just and the disinterest in playing hockey. So I guess, you know, this also begs the question and, and, and to move on. I mean, is, is he, it, will King finish out this season? Let's go around just a quick fire round of yes, no's. Will, will King finish out this season? I'm going to say yes. Eric. Yes. Ray. Yes. Sean. Yes. Bard. Yes. Oh, wow. Everyone says yes. Shawnee, why so sure? Because um, I think – I think the general manager is the interim. The head coach is the interim until they have establishment of who's running the entire Blackhawks organization from a player personnel standpoint. That's why I think they're going to stick with an interim. Gotcha. Ray, do you feel similarly that same kind of logic? Absolutely. It's going to be the next guy that gets hired as general manager, gets to pick his coach um, and has to build from the ground up. I mean, they might be the worst farm system in the in the national hockey league it might be one or two but that's not a good good place to be at so this is just a holdover yeah got it eric similar feelings yep yep pretty much bardo big hole yeah I th- but i think actually the interesting layer that that we're not talking about is is that if the gm come well i, I guess let me take a step back <clears throat> if they're not making the playoffs who is making the trades to try to you know replenish well, the minor yeah. league system is mm-hmm. that davidson or is that even with the interim tag or it by then will there be a new GM already in town? That to yep. me is an interesting question. Even if a new GM is in town, I think he's going to, you know, go with the narrative that he's going to evaluate Derek King, you know, and let him play out the rest of the season and then go from there. Well, it, do, it does beg that that is a, a legitimate question. And I think that if we're under the assumption right now, and this, I do have this as another question and that's, is there even time to salvage this season? And I guess we'll find out. I mean, they only have a few weeks now to figure out if they could salvage the season. I mean, we'll know three weeks from now if, you know, the Blackhawks have a shot at still making a run. And if they're in that case, is Davidson the guy that will be able to pull, you know, the necessary moves before the trade deadline to ship some parts out of town to try to get returns? I mean, I don't even think that we know that. Um, And so is he the kind of guy that we just say, okay, well, you know, you can deal Mark Andre Fleury at a prorated deal for the rest of his salary for someone who might be out there willing to take him. Will he be able to pull those moves off and get a good return? I mean, there are other assets out there. I mean, who else is coming off the books? Will someone want Dahan? Um, I think it's Dahan in the final year of his contract, or does he have two more years? I think it's two. Two? Well, then maybe that maybe we're stuck. Tyler Johnson, actually, I think Tyler Johnson a one-year? No, I think Tyler's got a couple of more years, but I would actually look at Taysom yep. Kane as a possibility. They may I, say, yep. you know, it's 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 time now. And more more Kane than Taves. I don't I don't know what you can deal. I mean, you're going to have to eat so much salary to deal Jonathan Taves right now. Yeah, Kane's going to have more value. Amount of money. Yeah, Kane's going to have more value. Taves, you may have to wait till the off season or even next mm-hmm. trade deadline. But quite frankly, I think you have to look into trading yep. those guys and if you you know it's going to be we're a for, buyer's market i think we're that, forgetting know. andy's favorite player too who's now going to play theoretically dylan strome 
Like, oh, I, you know, Derek King's a smart enough guy. You know, <laughs> I, I don't think he's just going to show up and be like, oh, Strom now. No, come on. We, we can't do that. We can't, oh, one now, guy we forgot, by the no. way, Derek Derek has coached the legendary Alex uh, Nylander. So oh, we, yeah. we may see a call up soon. May, may see a call up. Yeah. So I, but I don't, but yeah, I get, so it, it does beg the question. Like, I mean, the Hawks will probably have to make moves at the deadline. And, and moves probably as sellers. And will they be able to do it with this kind of interim status? Any thoughts on that? I mean, will I'm Davidson be the guy to do it? Or are they just going to remove Davidson for someone else who can do it? I think it just depends. If they find their guy, I mean, they said they say that they are actively looking for a GM. I think they said that after Bowman was was let go. Um, I mean, to me, it, that that's the big question, is who is going to be the GM by the time the trade deadline rolls around? And quite yeah. frankly... You know, typically it's usually a seller's market. I mean, you usually can get, you know, pretty good value. I mean, I would want somebody a little bit more proven that can come in and 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 get some good talent into the organization. I, I don't I don't know about Davidson. I don't know what what he can do. Or it did or could they didn't the Buffalo Sabres several years ago bring in like Pat LaFontaine and all those veteran guy like organizational guys to kind of run the organization for the rest of that year until they could they bring in somebody like that to kind of work with Davidson, like a consultant or something? So sure. yeah, it would it would it would have to be from the outside, though. I mean, I don't you for know, sure. Don't, yeah, somebody don't bring else. any Blackhawk names back. <laughs> no, but <laughs> but like bring state. somebody who is a consultant or something that can no. na- help him navigate this difficult until you find the right GM who's willing to take on this mess. Because right. l- let's it's it's a the whole thing's a mess. Yeah, the on ice, the off, all of it's bad. Yeah. And quite frankly, a lot about trading and, and personnel moves is about relationships that a GM has with other GMs. And quite frankly, w- what has Kyle Davidson done in terms of creating those relationships? He's all, Hopefully he's I, think he's, I think his claims to fame literally, I think, are was working on Dominique Kubalik's contract extension yeah. and right. Dylan Strom's. I'm dead serious. I'm not and even analytics. joking about Dylan Strom. Yeah. Come on. That, that Sean, was you're, you're, ma- you're making up that last part. Right? I am not. That was in his bio, like when he got hired or when he was named the interim GM. That was part of it. So time out. W- what you're telling me right now is that in his bio that was published was a highlight saying he was directly involved in an extension for a player that sits in the press box. Yes. I'm one of Awesome. Eric can, Eric can edit me on that one if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure who, that's what Who sits in the press box and samples the popcorn shrimp. Awesome. Okay. Well, that's very uplifting. That sounds great. That's nice. Yeah. Well, at any rate, um, okay, so coaching candidates out there. I, I mean, I personally, I think that the best thing for the Blackhawks to do is to give Derek King, as a lot of you have said, give him the year. Give him the full year because I don't know who you can find at this point. And at this point, what is the point? It's a lot of points there. But who's going to be out there in the offseason that can possibly command this ship next year? I know who I love, but I'd love to hear some of your thoughts. Okay, who will possibly be a contender to be the next Blackhawks head coach? Claude Let's Julian. go to Eric. Claude Julian. All right, we'll start with you then, Bardo, since you jumped in. Claude Julian, why? <laughs> I mean, I, I think from what I've seen of him in terms of what he's done in Boston, um, you know, he's worked well with young guys. I mean, they had a lot of young players when they built that roster into a cup team. 
Um, it worked with a lot of veterans over there. Um, so to me, I think if you are going, I don't know if they're going to be going with the rebuild or not. I mean, quite frankly, I have no idea what the vision is and that's going to be, you know, a lot from what the GM, uh, should be obviously the one to establish that. So we'll have to see, but, um, yeah, I mean, I'm a big fan of him and I thought he'd be good for the current roster. I mean, as far as next year's roster, I don't know what the team's going to look like. So maybe, maybe he's not the best guy, but to me, Looking at, let's just say you take this this roster and bring it back. It's, to me, Claude Julian's a guy that I would I would think of. That's an experienced guy. That that's one. What do you think, Ray? I think the coach is the toughest part because I think we're going going the wrong way. With the GM mm-hmm. is going to have to be in place first. Um, I, I mean, there's I mean, every <laughs> the, the list I, I think is pretty big um i mean torts I, I think is kind of a funny one to throw out there um you, you got guys like uh Tockett, um guys like patrick wah that want to get back in the game i mean there, there's there's names that are going to get thrown out there that i you know i don't even want to think about until you get that gm in in place but um you know for me that, that's the thing is you get king through this year if you if you're trading at the deadline with the new gm there's going to be more guys that you're going to be able to talk to in the off season. Um, and, and that's something where I don't want to be forced in game 41 this year to pick a guy and have him for four years and have the same conversation four years from now. I want to have my yeah. new GM in spot in place who then at the, at the end of the year, maybe we're picking up an assistant coach that, that, you know, is, is going to be worth it as opposed to somebody that's just sitting around right now doing television. I agree. Eric, what are your thoughts? What do you think? Any good candidates out there? I know we've kind of talked about this before Carlton got canned, but always better to revisit. Yeah, I mean, I think, honestly, my thought is a lot of what Bard said, like, they need to figure out what they're actually doing before they can answer that question. Right. Are they Are they serious about Sean leaving us? And <laughs> We lost Sean, everybody. Um, anyway. Are, are they serious about actually rebuilding? Sean if just they got are, his new GM. He's out. There it is. He got so, the I mean, hey, that's better than what they had before. So, yeah. um, Are they serious about rebuilding? If they are, I don't think we're going to see, you know, one of these bigger name coaches, so to speak, a, you know, a big right. name recycled coach. You're not going to see Torts come in and coach a rebuilding team. Mm-hmm. That's just, that's not what he does. Um, if they seriously either think that they can be a contender, which right now they can't be, there's no reason with what they have right now to think that they can be a contending team within the next few years. Or if they feel, you know, financially, we need to be a playoff team. We need to start making money again. Then maybe they do go out and get one of those more established guys that, you know, is kind of more of a win now type of guy. So, you know, in my mind, that's the question that needs to be answered long-term what's going on here. You know, are they rebuilding or are they trying to have success on the ice or off the ice in the next few years? That's going to determine the coach that they hire. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and like Ray said, I think the GM does need to come first, you know, with yep. whichever whichever route they're going with. I mean, that's not something that Kyle Davidson is going to determine unless he is the guy. So, yeah, I mean, I, I don't even want to throw out a name 
of you know who I think is a, a realistic uh, candidate because, it, it, like I said, it, it truly does come down to what their direction is. And to kind yeah, of circle sure. back, that's where I, I mean, I want to be able to in the <laughs> off season say, okay, who's been sitting next to Cooper? Who's been, who's been talking with Brynn Demar? Who's right. been drops? Who's been with, you know, who's, who's this guy that I could bring over and go, okay, maybe I've got myself a young Cooper or a young Brynn Demar, a young Trot, something along those lines, as opposed to just being forced to, to fire somebody, uh, to hire somebody 41 games. In. Well, no, totally. That that's, and that's, I'm, I totally agree with that. And that's that Lane Lambert is the guy that I've, been coveting the last few years you know he's he's been with Barry Trotz through all of his all of his successes and he's clearly ready to be a head coach at some point really really soon I would love a guy like that um, again the GM piece does need to fall into place and I'm sure there's so many more names out there um, you know I mean I, even people are floating around like Ed Olchek as the next GM of the Hawks though I don't I don't think that that's a that's a good move at all um, not I mean, everyone loves Eddie. He's a great guy, but it's time to go outside um, a little bit. Um, while you left us for a few minutes, Sean, to take your call, and what did they offer you to be the next GM is our first question. Well, uh, I turned down the Mets GM job just now um, uh, because I want the Blackhawks GM job. Yeah. But uh, they said they'd, uh, they'd get back to me on that one. But reality is you either got offered solar panels or you got offered or the warranty on your car is expiring. Which one really is it? My car warranty is expired. <laughs> Sorry, guys. Um, so at, at any rate, any GM or coaching candidates come to mind or just let this play out? You know, Eric brought up a good point. Let's not even throw out names right now. Let's just kind of see where we go. It's just yeah. a real interesting position. It Yeah, I think it's um, does it sound like everybody else. It's. It's whoever the general manager is. Hopefully it's a veteran. If they're really going to do something smart here, they should pick like a veteran president who understands how to build a hockey organization and then pluck some young assistant GM who, whether he works for Iserman or somebody like that, who understands like where the way hockey's going and they kind of work together to pick then a coach that fits both their styles. I think that's how you you that's how you should build um, the organization. You you, you got to look at the successful general managers and where like Steve Eiserman built the Tampa Bay Lightning, right. and he he found John Cooper. So you want if I'm the Blackhawks, I'm looking at his right hand man, whoever that may be, to be either my GM or my president, and let him run. And it who know or you bring in Mark Hunter like. Gate is champion, like I like. You bring Mark Hunter in, and you bring in a you make him the president. You bring a younger guy in, and then you pick uh, Bruce Boudreaux's assistant, not Bruce Boudreaux. I'm sorry, uh, Barry Trotz's assistant. Or you bring in you. You've got to have some form of w- what the organization is doing. But I think this all the smart organizations in any sport they always look at the ones that not just have like one year success, have long term success, and hope you can duplicate that. Right. And that that's what I, I, I'd like them to do. Just hopefully it's not like to use the analogy from another sport, the New England Patriots, where everybody tries to pluck coaches off their staff and they never succeed anywhere else. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's that's one thing I'm worried about when I, I bring up that thought process. 
Yeah, no, I, I would agree with all. And I think it's kind of, you know, I'd love to throw some names out there. There's a lot, but as far as GM candidates, I, don't, I just don't really know who a lot of the people out there are that are doing the work behind the scenes where people are, you know, knocking on the door saying, hey, this guy's ready. Um, you know, so I, I really have no idea. You know, I like the idea of bringing on a coach who is not recycled, who has been kind of cutting his teeth uh, you know, in some sort of system, you know, Ray, as you were indicating, who's been working with another head coach for a long time, um, you know, to be ready to, to take the reins eventually. But, you know, that raises the next question. This was not part of the original question uh, that I or question set that I threw out to you guys, but I think it's worth asking with the, with the remaining time we have right now, obviously the Hawks have gone through a lot and um, it is probably as of right now, that's the, one of the worst chapters in Blackhawk history. And um, with everything the organization is going on, with everything that's transpired in the next, in the last few weeks is part of rebuilding that brand, moving away from every facet of the organization, from everything uh, that has transpired, transpired with Kyle Beach. And with that come the, the two remaining names and icons, if you will, of Patrick Kane and Jonathan Taves. And so I think it is worth throwing out there, you know, is it for all sorts of purposes, rebuilding included, is it, is it time to move away from those players and start seeing if you can move them? Now, some people will argue, yeah, it's been time to trade them for a long time because just from their rebuilding standpoint, um, Jonathan Taves is not the player he was just as far as a hockey player. He's not had a great start to the season. Patrick Kane will continue to put up points. That's just what he does. He's, he's, you know, a, a terrific talent. He still has so much energy when he plays the game. Every night he's on the ice. You know, he's smiling. He's celebrating. Is it time to just deal him and get anything you can for him? The Bard. What do we think? I'm sticking to my narrative from 2017. Absolutely. Yep. Trade both of them. hundred percent. Um, you know, Kane right now does have the most value. Um, get what you can. I mean, if you really are truly going to rebuild, then get rid of them. But again, yeah. you know, this goes back to what is the organization's priorities? Is it selling tickets or is it actually right. putting a good hockey product? I mean, it's sort of a chicken and egg kind of thing. But sure. you know, to me, it's like, let's just, you know, create the next generation of Blackhawks, the next generation of Blackhawk fans. I mean, this, mm -hmm. this is what... You know, I, I, I always kind of use this in, in that, you know, uh, the, the the New England Patriots are a team that knows when to say goodbye. They're not always right, but they know when to say goodbye to players. Yeah. They don't wait too long. I mean, you saw it with just, like Richard They just Seymour. did it. Yeah. <laughs> they, they, they just did it with Gilmore. I mean, it's like they don't, yeah. like, hang on to these guys at the downside yeah. of the career. So it's yeah. like they know when these guys are going to have, you know, peak value, and they know how to, like, keep that organization – moving so yep. this is like the time to say goodbye or it was to me several mm -hmm. years ago but like let's let's do it already yeah i mean again they have to go and they would have to ask them to wave you know i yeah. mean again it's contractually it's it's up to them right but um, it, quite frankly if you're getting asked that it means probably the organization doesn't want you and and if you're yep. a team that's rebuilding and stinks why would you want to you know just rot there unless you just you know really want to stay there and don't really care. And you're Henrik Lundqvist, but yeah. quite frankly, it's like, just go ready and try to, you know, lead another team. Yeah. Eric, what do you think, man? 
Yeah, I mean, it's it's a good question. Um, I think the should they is different than the will they. Oh, yeah. Um, Real good call. When Now, when you're talking about the rebuilding component, yeah, obviously they shouldn't even still be here. You know, like like mm-hmm. Bard's been saying, um, you know, the correct time as far as a asset maximization, t- you know, timeline, that was four years ago, four right. or five years yeah. ago. It, it right. was. So, you know, is that to say that they are worthless at this point? No. I mean, Kane obviously is not worthless. Um, you know, Taves with his contract is a different question. But, I mean, you would still find a taker at some return um you know you're not you might not get a a first round pick and a top level prospect and all that but i mean you'll get something for him um you know one thing that kind of comes to my mind you know with your original question andy you know trying to move on from the remaining pieces um if you just look at it purely from that factor i would think that taves would be the guy that you would want to move instead of kane you know, because he was the captain, he was the leader, right. you know, he was that go-to, go-to guy in every facet, you know, with the team. And, you know, will we ever truly know what, you know, what everyone knew and what was done, you know, probably not. But, you know, the fact that Taves was the captain, you got to think that to some degree, you know, he could have done or said something, you know, even if it was during training camp the next year when he found out or something, you're a leader, a leader probably is going to follow up on that. Mm -hmm. And he didn't. Right. And, you know, both of them have not really, uh, you know, handled this situation all that well in the aftermath. I mean, their comments were uh, not, not very encouraging, I would say you know, more so defending Stan and not actually addressing the problem. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I think obviously the responsibility kind of falls on both of them to some extent there, but I think, you know, Taves being the captain, being that leader, I think it kind of more goes on his shoulders than it would Kane. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then of course you factor in the financial aspect of things. Those are guys that still, as long as they are here, are going to be selling jerseys fans are going to want to come see them so you know i I think it does kind of go back to that long-term vision what the franchise wants to do moving forward if you're wanting to contend in the next few years i don't think you move either of those guys again that's should they will they that's two different things yeah but and i think yeah yeah sorry i don't know i think i've kind of unpack that all as much as no and yeah. definitely and, and, and well done well played a lot of really good points there ray what do you think man i gotta get rid of kane because i gotta pick up possibly a, another first round if uh, first yep. round or next year if i'm uh, not number one or number two yep uh, i gotta figure out what's going on maybe going forward from that picking up a maybe another first rounder for him or a second the year after to stockpile right organization um i got to figure out if mark fleur uh, mark andre fleury is just disinterested and didn't want to be here and i could still get some good uh yep. draft picks for him um yep. you know seth jones uh, <laughs> uh we yeah. all know i'm not the biggest jones fan that contract's going to kill the hawks for a long time um i believe the term is or is or, what you call him yep we played him like bobby Orr. so you know the biggest thing is you know is just getting back that that that, that 
the draft picks. That's I'm going to help help us win. Yeah, you know, help the right. Hawks win. That you know, I threw that tweet out there the other day. Alex DeBrinket and Kirby Doc. Who else are you building this team around? Um, yeah. and, and they're not world beaters. They're 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 going to be excellent hockey players for a very long time. But we're not mm-hmm. talking about guys that are just going to you know completely put this organization on their back. Like guys can. So if you're if you're not getting the number one pick next year, what are you going to do? You got to get rid yeah. of him. He's the only one that's probably going to get some some good stuff back. If anybody's willing to take Jonathan Taves, see you later. That's fine. Yeah. And I mean, I yeah. You know, so I mean, anybody that is willing to go, wave it, gone. Um, and then yeah. I've got so many other guys. We mentioned, you know, Dahan. We mentioned Johnson. We mentioned. I mean, it was such a weird off season to say the Hawks are going to rebuild. And then they went out and did what they did. <laughs> yep. Did not do that. Yeah. You know, I mean, I yeah. yeah I've, I've sat at the dinner table to eat dinner longer than they rebuilt. You know, so yeah. it was just oh. so. Um, any, yeah, anybody? Dahan, yeah. It's gone. See ya. Yep. Yeah, I mean, Dahan is his contract is over after this season. Just looked it up. So Dahan is yep. in a con- again. I don't. I don't think you get a ton for him. Maybe someone who's looking for a bottom six or seven, who's a cup contender, maybe at this point. Just considering how he's producing. The other one who's up for contract after this year is Dominic Kubalik. Uh, is going to be an RFA, and I can you get something for him if he all of a sudden starts cranking it out? But you know, Ray, to your point, purely transactional. Uh, as far as return, you could get a lot for Patrick Kane right now. Oh, absolutely. You could get a ton for Patrick Kane right now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Jonathan absolutely. Taves, who knows? Uh, they probably have to eat at least half of his salary for next season, uh, which might be worth it when you think about it. Um, and if you can get picks, you know, that's a big part. Shawnee, your thoughts on this? Didn't go to you. Been going to you late tonight. Sorry, man. You're good. You're good. Saving the best for last. Um, oh, uh, I think I think Ray and Eric unpacked it brilliantly. I think um, Eric brought up all the um, the exterior factors, um, and that might be why attendance is down. In addition, to the product on the ice, all the off the ice issues with uh, Kyle, all the scandal and all that stuff. And if, if the attendance is already trending downward and the faces of your franchise were a part of part of the issue off the ice, it's time to move on. Like yeah. it's time to go by. And to Ray's point, if they want to go, let them go. And if you're going to trade Patrick Kane, trade him now because a team's going to get a year and a half with him under contract. That mm-hmm. that's going to maximize your return. If you wait to the off season, they're only going to get one year of return, and your return is yeah. going to go down. So, um, yeah. Now, now the Hawks might have even if they get picks for Kane, they could possibly get you get at least a first rounder, a second rounder, maybe a good prospect. But then you're probably getting someone with some salary back. I mean, I I, I would imagine. Right. I mean, I, he's still at ten and a half, and I mean. Right. I don't know how many contenders have, out there. You're going to have to yeah. retain some of that. Some of it, but I just it would be interesting to see who has the cap space to. And like um, you you said with Calvin DeHaan, you probably you move him even if it's for a middling, you move him for something. Um, Ryan Carpenter's a free agent after next year. You can move him a grinder. He's only doing a million bucks. Like there's a lot of there's a lot of movable assets on this team. I know, and I know they were trying to trade. Andrew Shaw's contract. Um, I had read that they were trying to trade Andrew Shaw's contract off the books because um, I guess they just didn't want the LTIR. Uh, Brett Connolly's still down in Rockford. If somebody wants him, like 
anybody. Just bye-bye. Yeah. yeah, there's a lot of action there. Well, good stuff tonight, fellas. Final thoughts on the Hawks moving forward. Bard, you got any final parting shots for us? Anything we're yeah, thinking I mean, about? Hopefully, hopefully they'll be getting a GM soon. I mean, that to me is the next big move, um, you know, and that person, you know, and hopefully it's sooner than later. And and then that person can start, you know, tearing down this roster. If, if we're all in the, under the assumption that they're not going to make the playoffs this year, I'm hoping that they get a GM in here that's got a very, very clear vision of what he's going to do uh, or she and and just stick with it. And that's what it comes down to. Yep. Excellent. Eric, any last parting words of wisdom on the state of the Hawks? I would say that I am at this point for at least the foreseeable future, a lot more interested in what happens off the ice than on it. Yep. Um, I, I mean, I, I said it in the chat last night. Um, I got home right as the game was starting last night, planned on staying up all night to watch the game. And from the time that I got out of my car to the time I got inside, it was two zero. And I said, I'm not wasting my time watching the game. Yeah. I it's, mean, I don't, it's <clears throat> so, yeah. I mean, at this point I might watch if it's a weekend or if it's, you know, an early start, you know, an East coast game on a weeknight or something might watch some of it, or if it's, you know, they're playing the Oilers, then I'll turn it on and I will watch Connor McDavid. But yep. Yeah, I, I mean, there's just there's very little reason to watch the team at this point. Um, so yeah, I, I'm looking forward to see what happens with the front office moves, whenever mm-hmm. that might happen, um, and then subsequently, you know, assuming that whenever those moves are made, that we start to see a little bit clearer of a picture of where the franchise will be going in the future. Yep. Good point, Shawnee. It's like a train wreck. You should look away, but you can't look away. The whole thing. Yeah. So I will. I'll, I'll be watching tomorrow. I'll be very curious to see how they react. I, I will, depending on what time um, they're on. Because, oh, I, have, I I don't know. I know Eric brought it up in the chat. But um, I want to thank the Blackhawks for giving me a belated birthday gift for firing Jeremy Carlton. This hey, week. happy birthday. Yeah, because my birthday was Wednesday, so they're a couple days late, but still, I'm I'm very happy about go. that. Um, but I will watch just to see uh, what is going on. I'm curious about the the off the ice moves, and hopefully, they hire a public relations firm um, because yeah. they need um, serious help in that department. Uh, Ray, I think, had the tweet or the chat message of the night um, when. Uh, he said that Jonathan Taves should have just pulled his pants down in front of the camera because that's about as good as what he did speaking. So, whoops. Yeah. So yeah. I, I don't know yeah. if Ray wanted that to be on the podcast, but I thought it was brilliant. So, yeah, Ray, uh, that that comment, that alleged comment aside, uh, any last shots for the Hawks here? Your thoughts on the way out tonight? Hard to be a fan right now. That's for sure. Yeah. Off yeah. the ice, it's it's horrible. I mean, it's yeah. gut wrenching. I mean, you could I don't even know there's a word for it. And on the ice, it's just a terrible product, and it's going to be this way for a long time. So just to stay yeah. with the on ice product, you should have been rebuilding two years ago. It should have always been about 2023, kind of like what Bard said. I said that two years ago on a podcast yep. with a couple other fellows. It was like, hey, it's not about now. It's about 2023, but they are trying to put butts in the seats. They're trying to win one more. 
and then the nonsense that went on this off season, it's going to be a long time till the Hawks yeah. are, are going to be successful again. So, and, and that's not even, like I said, the off the ice stuff is just, it's horrible. There's no, words for it. Yeah. no words for it. And the rebranding is, is certainly going to take some time and, and to gain back the trust of, uh, of the city and of all the fans out there who are so disappointed. Um, it's uh, it's really just a tough scene right now. There's not a whole lot good going on in this organization. We do have a quick question that we can answer quickly. Mikey, thank you for, for writing in your question in the comment. What do we think of Seth Jones? And uh, where do we see him with the Hawks? Well, contractually, he'll be with the Hawks uh, for a very long time. He's making a lot of money. Um, personally, I, I think Seth Jones is a very, very good hockey player, a very quality defenseman. Will they build their D around him? Most likely they will. Is he worth all the money they're paying him? That is always up for discussion. Um, he's a he's a good defenseman, but his contract might come back to the, get the Hawks, similarly to how other contracts have in the past. Time will tell. Uh, but if you're asking Ray and uh, potentially a few others, uh, this could be an albatross as well. Yeah, he's a fine defenseman, uh, but you're, yeah. paying, you're paying him to be a number one. and. Just because you're playing 25 minutes doesn't mean you're a number one. So nope. he has to play out there. And I, I tweeted out yesterday, like, how bad is this defense? Like, how can yeah. you have found six guys to play as bad as they are? And then, well, I just, and he's just, you know, do you, I mean, do you think, Ray, Ray, do you think it's stylistically because of he was in like a, a bad system? Yeah, I mean, it can be absolutely 100%. I hope so. I, I hope so. <laughs> yeah, you, you, yeah, yeah, look at Derek King. Can he come in and, and do something different? You know, I, I'm yeah. not the X's and O's guy. I mean, but I mean, if if Seth Jones right. if Seth Jones sought out his time this 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 year in Columbus, would he have been paid nine and a half million dollars in the summer of 2022? Probably. I mean, I, I think someone probably could have paid him that amount if he had a good year this year. But I think, Ray, I, and I, I don't know if you tweeted this exactly or someone else. I mean, how do you even rate this defensive court right now? I mean, how do you even assess what they're doing, how they're doing it? And, and let's let's also – Marc-Andre Fleury has been poor. Yes. I mean, he's he's been bad. He has not been good at all. Yes. And um, and that obviously hasn't helped. But, I, I, I mean, I don't even know where you begin to dissect and break down the – the, you can't. No, you can't. The there's no, there's no barometer for this right now. <laughs> I mean, I'm getting you know, yeah, I've been bad, but I'm also getting peppered. I mean, he's six months from being a Vezina Trophy winner. Yeah, right? it's just, yeah. just being. Absolutely- no, it's just his confidence is shot. But I mean, again, it goes back to what I was talking about at the beginning of this before the season started. I mean, it, it's it was the defensive system and whether or not yeah. um, Carlton was going to you know, improve in that area. And they haven't, I mean, the talent's better than what he, he has the last couple of years, but I mean, well, sans Eric Gustafson, but, um, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, we couldn't go a podcast. Without no, 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 yeah. Of course I, not. I, I, I wasn't going to let that happen. So I, I, don't know. I, I, I made the first yeah. boo-boo and yeah. Well, yeah, yeah I, I, if Colleton's Colleton's gone, there, there's a yeah. positive, <laughs> there's a positive today. Colleton's gone. You and know, if we'll they bring see. in if they bring in the guy you want, Andy, hopefully he brings yeah. in Barry Trotz's defensive system. Because every team Barry Trotz coaches, there's a defensive system, and his teams play good, sound defensive hockey. We yeah. haven't seen that in a long time here. No, no, we haven't. And we'll we'll see. We'll see what Derek King can bring. But um, at any rate, uh, thank you to all of our listeners. Uh, in in kind of this abrupt uh, impromptu, if you will. Uh, 
podcast, which is great. One last shout out to our sponsor, puckhockey.com, P-U-C-K-H-C-K-Y. Discount code, the rink in all caps, 10% off uh, of any hockey gear. So thank you, fellas, uh, for the impromptu gathering on a Saturday, no less. Uh, and we'll see what we'll see what happens over the next couple weeks. It certainly has been eventful um, on West Madison Street. And uh, we'll see where we go from here. All right. Thank you all. Take care, guys. See you, Shawnee. See you, Eric. See you, Bard. See you, Ray. Let's see Have Ray a good night, again. Everybody. Let's see Ray again. Thank <laughs> you.